Hello, this is Brian Scuttle of Sonic Cinema. I had the chance to talk to co-writer and director Mickey Reese and star producer Molly Quinn about their horror movie Agnes, which is coming out on Friday, December 10th. I hope you enjoy those interviews. It was a lot of fun to talk to them. First of all, I wanted to say that I I really I really was quite taken by this film. I thought it was a uh, I, I thought it was a beautiful film that really takes a wonderful turn from something that's conventionally horror to something more dramatic, and I really appreciate that about it. And um, the first thing I wanted to uh, ask you was, what was it? How did you get first get hold of the script and decide and uh, decide that you want to do uh, work on it? Mm. We uh, were looking at a couple of different scripts at the time, trying to figure out what we wanted to do at Quagmire. They were all in the horror space. Uh, and when I saw Climate of the Hunter, I got a better idea of how Agnes could be done. You know, mm -hmm. really kind of flicked into place. And uh, my partners, Matthew and Alan, felt the same way. So that's why we chose Agnes, because at some point you just have to start. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm a believer in like, you can spend a lot of time trying to, you know, weigh the pros and cons, but at some point it doesn't matter if you don't just start. So there was as much research as we could put into it. And then finally it was me just pulling the trigger and being like, this is the one we're going to do. Mm -hmm. Where did where did the uh, itch after working in front of the camera for so long? Where did the itch to start producing come from? You know, it really started um, all the way back in my castle days with um, a producer named Lori Zacks. You know, I was I was so young when I uh, started acting, and and still love it. I love it now just as much as I did then, but you know, at, at 12 years old, you have no idea what it actually takes to make a movie. You don't know what a producer is. You barely know what a director is, you know? You, you, you don't understand everything. And, and when I started doing Castle and I started becoming aware of what producers did, which to me was, okay, these are the facilitators of the grand image. Mm -hmm. Like I may tell a part of the story, but they're the ones who make sure that all of the pieces fit. Uh, and, and they were women. I was surrounded from the very beginning with incredible female producers. And, and that's when it started. So in a lot of the movies that I did after that, um, if you like deep dive, you can see I have a lot of like associate producer credits um, because I was just so, I was interested in the casting process. I was interested not just in like my wardrobe, but in what everyone else was gonna wear. And so a lot of those productions um, really fostered that. Like no one told me no. Everyone took my curiosity and said, okay, if, if she's curious, let's let her do more and mm -hmm. let's credit that appropriately. So, you know, whether people were being kind or whether I was actually being helpful, who's to say, but it really empowered me. So it was a lot of those uh, female producers in my life um, that, that encouraged me to keep going. And now we're at a place where, you know, I, I, had, I had worked with different producing partners and it hadn't been a perfect fit. And now um, with Matthew Welty, who's one of my best friends, and then Alan Gale, who's, you know, my fiance, 
uh, another partner, it just fits, you know, mm -hmm. but, but it took a long time to find. And I will say, uh, it, it's funny, when Agnes came into my inbox, I, my wife and I had actually just started binge-watching Castle, and uh, so it, was, it, was almost, it felt almost cosmic that this opportunity arose. I have to say, going through the series again, it, it was really great to see the way that the character of Alexis builds and grows and turns into... And the way that she's sometimes she's very much in a teenager or young adult. At other times, she's almost a parent to her father. And uh, it was it was really fun to see that development over the uh, seasons. Thank you. Can I ask? Is it was it weird to be watching the show and then to watch Agnes? Was it kind of was it jarring at all? Um, not. Not maybe not as much as maybe not as much as I would expect it to be, yeah. and I think part of that is because of the fact that, and we can go ahead and start talking about Agnes because one of the things that's really interesting about Agnes and your character in particular is the fact that she's somebody who's very much in the crowd at the start of the movie, mm -hmm. and then through her relationship with Agnes we start to focus in more on her and that essentially becomes her movie. And mm -hmm. I can see that that trajectory, you can kind of see that same kind of trajectory and arc in the way that um, Alexis was built in the same way that uh, Mary goes through this film. And mm -hmm. I really, mm -hmm. that, that was one of the things that was so striking about the film other than the fact that because it, it basically becomes one thing and then turns into something very different. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's what, Thank you for letting me ask that question because, um, you know, I was interested in the answer because you, you, I've been very curious to see people's reaction um, having been fans of, of Castle, you know, because uh, it, it's, it's a different role, but mm -hmm. But I, I think what I'm hearing you say is is those similarities and kind of the the sensitivity that that Mary has. Uh, I think I absolutely learned while playing Alexis and like having that time, you know, to fully create a a human being. Um, and with Mary, I think you feel that that same sensitivity that you know this is this is a woman who is running from something and and desperately trying to you know protect herself in a very heightened world right yeah. like there's a there's possession and there are people that are leering at her and um you know she doesn't feel safe I think through a lot of the films not all of it you know um <laughs> Mary's unsafe you know she doesn't really have anyone in her corner mm -hmm. what was it like what what's it like to sort of be the main character in a movie where the title of the character, the movie is based on another character entirely. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it's all Agnes's fault. Mm -hmm. You know, everything would have been fine if she hadn't opened her soul to uh, that demon. You mm -hmm. know, I could have just kept on living in that convent, had a quiet life dealing with Mother Superior's bullshit. Um, but Agnes had to go and get herself possessed. Uh, and, 
And, and that is, you know, what everyone else in the film is dealing with. We're all dealing with kind of the, um, the, the ripples of Agnes, you know? Uh, some people don't survive her, some mm. do. Uh, and then how everyone deals with that. You know, there's even the, the scene in the, um, the sandwich shop where uh, her, Mary's two sisters, um, Sister Ruth and Sister Honey, come and try to get her back into the order, mm-hmm. you know, because that's what they know and that's what brings them comfort. Yeah. But they are not listening to Mary, they're not, she really, it, it's one of the most obvious cries for help in the entire film. She tells them how she's feeling, that when she prays, she hears nothing back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they can't even compute that because they're so focused on dealing with their own trauma of what Agnes uh, and the breaking up of their order did to them. Mm-hmm. And I, I think one of those things, one of the things that's most interesting about this film is that the way it does tackle the question of faith and how it and how trauma can relate to that and some sometimes how trauma can lead us into one direction but then we suddenly realize through another traumatic event that maybe that direction was not right for us and i i think that's was that something that was front and center if in the uh in, in the script when you first got it? I don't know if it was so central to the, the script when I first read it, but for me, it is what jumped out as what I could give to Mary and what I could give uh, to the script, which was under the guise of horror, we are telling a story about trauma mm-hmm. and what happens when you don't have people to help you deal with it or you don't have the tools to deal with it yourself okay well thank you very much for uh talking to me today and congratulations on the film thank you thank you for watching it i really appreciate it thank you Well, first of all, I wanted to say I I really appreciated Agnes. I thought it was a really terrific film. Um, I I like the way and one of the things that was really really struck me was the way that it basically turns from one type of genre movie to a different type of genre movie almost at the drop of a hat. And it's 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 very I I think even. On that initial viewing, it can be a bit jarring, but at the same time, you as the film progresses, I, I think it builds very beautifully from there. So I wanted to just mention that right off the bat. Well, thank you. What was what was the where did the inspiration for the movie come from? Well, uh, you know, it originally started out as uh, uh, it was a Father Black movie. You know the uh, the television uh, uh, exorcist mm. that comes in that pops in towards the middle there. I mean uh, that was kind of like uh, really wanted to make a Father Black movie. <laughs> um, and then uh, after doing the two movies that preceded it, uh, Strike Your Mistress and Curious Heart and Climate of the Hunter, um, I was kind of on this uh, you know like female centric, um, uh, kind of shadowy like Bergman esque blocking. Um, 
kind of kick uh, and, and an obsession. And so uh, I, when I, when going into this movie, it was like, let's do that same thing, but with nuns. So it was this kind of idea of to have these a uh, lot, this big group of nuns and kind of like, you know, block them in a way of like where every shot is like a, a Renaissance painting or something, you know what I mean? Um, and then, uh, so then starting with the nun story and then uh, adding in the exorcist, I was like, oh, well, this is where we can throw in that father block exorcist. Now he ends up being a very small character in it, but I mean, it, it was originally going to start out as, or originally the concept was uh, to make a, a father black movie. Um, and uh, so then from there, it was just kind of like, uh, you know, you, you're, you're always writing like for the characters and the characters just kind of like, you know, start to speak there, you know, the, the, the script kind of writes itself. It kind of becomes a, 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 a has a mind of its own and, and these characters have a mind of their own. And that just, it just kind of like culminated into this thing of like, all right, now let's move outside of the convent. So mm -hmm. it was almost, you know, subconscious writing in that degree. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's really interesting that the movie almost starts off sort of like an exorcist type movie where you have the older priest, the younger priest, but they don't necessarily have this, but they're certainly not the same dynamic that you see in something like The Exorcist, where it's like you have this saintly old, you know, older, older priest who knows what this is about. He's very world-weary, and he's very, you know, he it almost feels like his... He, he, his views of faith are very much out of step with how the younger priest is. Um, and they are almost, it, to a certain extent, they're almost the protagonists in the first half of the movie. And then it changes into a story about Mary. And when, how did that decision come into play when you were working out these ideas that you wanted to explore? Uh, well, um, you know, like I said, it's just, you know, you're kind of writing for the characters and the characters just kind of start writing themselves. And that was, uh, one character that was like, okay, let's see what happens to her after she leaves the convent, you know what I mean? And then just, you know, kind of went from there. Um, you know, the, uh, the, the fun thing about it is that, uh, you're kind of looking for something different to be happening within the exorcism movie, you know, like within the, the first part, mm -hmm. um, but it literally is just playing off the exorcist tropes, like the exorcism, exorcism movies in general, and that, that, you know, like it's kind of the movie you came to see. Um, and then, you know, hit you hard in the middle to see, you know, to the kind of movie that we were actually, uh, you know, more interested in making. Um, and so we got to play with those tropes and those cliches and everything that happens in those exorcism movies. We got to play with those a lot more because we knew where the second part was going to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did, at what time, at what point, uh, when you were developing this idea, did you, uh, take your, did you, uh, put your, uh, script out there for Molly? Oh, it was, uh, yeah, it was completely finished. I think they had a stack of scripts and they read all the scripts and they said, oh, this one, you know, this is, uh, the most unique in the stack. So we'll, uh, let's, you know, let's see what's up with that one. And so, um... So yeah, so them getting the script was, uh, you know, was great because the uh, movie wouldn't have got made without them mm -hmm. and uh, without Molly being interested in the character of Mary and all that. So really just kind of, you know, lucked out. Were there any movies that you sort of drew inspiration from when it came to, uh, when, when you got down to uh, directing the movie? Were there any films that you sort of took some visual inspiration from? Absolutely. 
Um, so I guess in the in the in the structure of the uh, the kind of like the bait and switch structure is you know there's any number of films uh, you know uh, from Dust Till Dawn or Psycho or The Crying Game or Dead Presidents. Um, you know these movies that kind of like you know you think you're watching one movie and then you're uh, off into a whole other world. Um, you know and 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 uh, so you know definitely trying to bring back that whole. It was it was like a, something that they just started kind of doing in the '90s, where they started like kind of uh, you know combining two different movies together, mm -hmm. and they and it just never really took off. And this was you know kind of like, hey, let's bring that back. Yeah. Uh, when did you? Uh, at what point? Uh, how did you uh, decide upon uh, having Sean Gunn as the uh, character that Mary really kind of connects to in the second half of the movie? Well, you know, I guess there were a few different actors that uh, that were there for that role, and it was kind of like, okay, so it was basically like, let's figure out who's playing him, and then we'll figure out um, kind of the, uh, more of a, a solid direction for what the, what those scenes are going to be, and how he's going to be, mm -hmm. and how that that how his stand up is going to be. You know what I mean? Because he's kind of like a not necessarily just straight up funny. He's not doing gags. It's more of like a Bill Hicks kind of situation where he's also trying to, you know, kind of incorporate some, some philosophy in there. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, just kind of this like self-important comedian. And uh, when Sean Gunn came along and was interested in the part, um, it was like, okay, well, you know, let's, let's start designing this character around him. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, I think one of the things that's kind of interesting is that the the supernatural part of the movie doesn't really go away, but at the same time, there also there there seem to be some moments where it's more explicit that that's in fact what's happening, but there are also times where maybe you can kind of question whether that's the reality of what's happening. Is uh is that something that you uh is that something that you kind of uh, wanted audiences to sort of be questioning uh, later on in the film? Well, I mean, the, the, you know, the whole thing is kind of told in almost this kind of dream logic. And that's because um, when, you know, it's, it's a trick I found, I don't know, like, you know, four or five years ago, I like other filmmakers have, you know, had wrapped their minds around it far long before I ever did. But um, it was something that helped me in kind of developing a style and creating, um, uh, just kind of create your own world, you know, your own dream world, your own kind of dream logic, you know what I mean? That uh, where you really don't have to, uh, you, you really don't have to obey the rules of, of uh, realism or, uh, or obey the rules of, um, you know, how, how, a character would uh, realistically act in this situation, you know what I mean? Because it's not, it's not real. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It is, it's, uh, and it's, and if you're creating your own world, then you can create your own logic within it. And so, um, it helps, uh, it helps in a lot of things, uh, it, you know, but it helps in kind of designing everything. And then, um, when you're watching the movie, yeah, you, it, it has a different, um, kind of different feel. And that's, that's, you know, how, to create a, a unique world out of it. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I, I, I think that's all for me. I, I thank you very much for your time today. 
Hey, th- appreciate it. Thank you for having Thank me. Thank you, and uh, congratulations on the movie. I again, I I really was quite taken by it, and I I I really love what the uh, movie seemed to be going forward as far as an idea of faith. And one of the things I I think was interesting how it's like with the character Ma- Mary, you have this idea of a trauma is leading her to faith, and then another trauma kind of takes her away from faith. And just sort of that that tension of well, which one you know is there more authentic? Is there an authenticity to was it just she felt like she needed to go to the first one, and then you know just because that kind of was in her idea in her head at the time, or was it something that she? I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I, uh, I, I, I really appreciate the fact that it's, uh, I, I really thought it was a lovely film. So, and I Thank did. you. Thank you. And yeah. You know, we, 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 you know, John and I, when writing this stuff, we really, uh, you know, kind of mull over all the different possibilities and all the different, uh, interpretations that could come from it. Um, you know, and, uh, and so, you know, it, 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 it invites interpretation and that's kind of the, the whole point and the whole, the whole reason for it all. But we kind of like, <laughs> we kind of figure out a way to uh, justify every decision that we make and how um, and what it might, what, what meaning might stem from it. But we don't necessarily have an agenda of like a, a, a hardcore, like this is the basis of what it is. It's, it's more like, let's, let's keep this open-ended. Let's keep this mm-hmm. open-ended here to keep everything a little more ambiguous. So it's more of a mystery. Okay. All right. Yeah. Thank you again for uh, talking to me today. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right.